Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. So good to be here. You guys can have your seats so long. And uh, this is really a great privilege and an honor, which I don't take lightly uh, this morning to stand here and share the message with you uh, this morning. Hasn't it just been great in church uh, so far? I mean, that last song, uh, you know, I just thought about how many times as a pastor I've had those moments where everything is like high, and in a split second, everything can just hit rock bottom um, as you encounter people and some of the challenges that people go through uh, in life. And I just thought in, the, in that I could just breathe in a whole lot of things that I've gone through and stood with people in those moments, uh, see family members pass away, see people get great achievements, uh, children who have worked through things, getting their degrees, and parents who know all the sacrifices. So there's a whole uh, pile of pictures and stories that just quickly spring to life when you read just one line in a song. And it's just so pow- powerful and potent, and it's able to just release something that just captivates our attention. Well, I thought I was going to step off the stage this morning, but I wanted to be sure before church that we had enough strong people in the front row that if I'm in a platform uh, dive this morning, that there's going to be people to catch me. Nothing worse than diving off the stage this morning. So, because I was trying to find a way to beat Amy's uh, picture, but she's just gone and uh, spoiled that for me. So, obviously, as a dad, I'm very proud. Uh, of uh, her and standing here and uh, all our young people. My other daughter, Sarah, she did uh, preach it on Friday night. So the church has had a real Brooks overdose uh, (laughs) this weekend. (laughs) So you know that if you have been uh, in church over the last two or three weeks, uh, we've been uh, doing a series called Rands and Sense. And, you know, I really want to recommend that you go to our website and download the podcast of those messages just fantastic, practical, insightful, word-filled advice for anybody uh, wanting to know how to get their finances in order, uh, play their part in church life, and really make a difference in the world financially. And you know, it's our dream and passion to see you equipped and going on uh, and doing well in life. And I just found that uh, the last uh, two messages of Pastor Byron just extremely practical and just line by line, precept upon precept, so helpful. And I remember these things being taught uh, all throughout my uh, Christian walk. The other thing is uh, that every week we have people standing here motivating us to give. And you know, I just find that every week it's... uh, a new idea, a fresh thought around giving. You know, it can become quite dull. And you know, I've come prepared to give, and I just love it when somebody uh, preaches something I've never seen it before. It just sharpens my axe, and I com- continue to put my offering in. Because, uh, you know, I've learned to give riskful and take a risk uh, regularly, uh, almost every Sunday to push myself and push my boundaries. And we try, and we, we try and step out. We, I know I look at the bank account all the time, so I know that this is risky. But I've realized that taking a risk 
uh, has so much value for years to come. You know, taking a risk that day with my two daughters, uh, stepping up, I could still see it so clearly. I held both their hands right up until the last moment and stepped out on the water, and there I sank. And both of them were like, horrified, Dad, are you okay? Because they were still little. But uh, obviously, you can see the picture has never uh, left them. They've uh, remained uh, hooked and in awe of their dad. You know, you always got to like <laughs> add the edge in the, in the family. <laughs> You know, I want to just say in my uh, early Christian walk, uh, there were two very significant uh, days in my walk, and this is part of my testimony that at the age of 15, I gave my life to Jesus, uh, came to this church when it was in a house up on the hill, and uh, when the appeal was made, my dad said, Mark, if you'll go forward, I'll go with you, and I went up and I made a decision for Jesus. But you know, I never plugged into church, and that was my biggest regret, because over the next short while, I slowly backslid into all my ways, and it took me on a 10-year journey from that day before at the age of 25, I rededicated my life to the Lord. But at that moment, um, I knew something had to change uh, in me. I was so deeply convicted that I had, in fact, put Jesus on the cross again, as the Scriptures say, that I was that dog as the scripture speaks about backsliding, that after being sick goes back and eats its vomit, and uh, the pig that's been washed goes back to wallowing in the mud. And I just couldn't bear the thought of my life going back there. And I needed to do some things, put some things in place that were gonna help me to move forward uh, in Christ. Uh, move forward classes is an excellent way to start. <laughs> and uh, there's something I learned in our move forward class, and that was tithing and giving, and I looked around at the people presenting this. I looked at their lives. They were blessed. And uh, we have one or two of them in church still to this day. And they're still blessed. And this is always a good example to uh, look at them and count uh, that as a great testimony. But I didn't want to fall back again. I knew I had to put certain things in place. And as I prayed into this uh, whole decision, uh, God gave me a scripture that really and truly became my anchor not only for giving, but it was my anchor for the way that we were going to live our lives as a family, the way that we were going to serve God together. Um, I just recently got married at this time, so I had made a commitment. I made a commitment to God, made a commitment to Karen, and uh, we together made a commitment to God about how we were going to serve. So the scripture that I um, want to share with you is out of Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And in Jesus' words, he said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You know, in the area of financing, uh, finances and giving, uh, every time we are called to give, we look back. Can we do this? Can we afford this? I'm doubting if I can really take the step of faith. But I can tell you over the 40 years that I've been a Christian, that I've got so much to say and so much in my own testimony and witness of how God has been so incredibly faithful to us as a family. So in the areas of financing and giving, don't look back. Put your hand to the plow. There has uh, come a moment uh, in time. Uh, you have, there has to come a moment in time when you wholeheartedly put your hand to the plow. And that happened for me at the age of 25, where I just... Um, I could further share my testimony how, many, how making the decision to get married was also hanging in the balance. 
because we were just so desiring and hungry to honor God. We just, you know, I was so convicted about this. And I, I just, I actually was fearful of stepping outside of God's will. And I am still fearful of stepping outside of God's will. I still count it a blessing every day that I get to wake up in the morning and honor God every day. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It's always the first words that come out of my mouth because I want my day to start off strong. And I've realized strong from, strong to, in the name of Jesus. So this whole picture is about a man putting his hand to the plow and then plowing. You know, in my 20s, when I made this commitment to God to serve him, uh, this picture just uh, painted a picture for me of somebody getting into a field and just plowing and plowing and plowing. And I wondered why it was so hard. And Jesus kept reminding me, you're not finished. You're not finished. Keep plowing. Don't worry about what's going on at the back. Just keep plowing. Keep putting your head down and keep moving forward. You know, I just thank God for all the good teaching that we received in church. And I've been doing this. You know, you can get here and you can be quite casual about things. You can uh, be numb, actually, about you've heard the word so many times, even reading my Bible. But I just thank you that there's still something fresh, something I've heard today that a line in a song, a word in a scripture that just, it made me rethink about a whole lot of things and recalculate where I am and what's my stand in God. Using the picture of the farmer plowing with us in the field, he makes a decision to plow his field. You know, you can hear all the motivation about sowing and reaping and all of those things. Uh, people can preach to you for hours, but it's only when you put the plow in the ground and you begin to plow that things begin to change. He finds a starting point and he begins to plow row after row, field after field. You know, I remember seeing a picture one day in my mind um, of the feeling that I had finished. I would really achieved the whole lot of goals that I'd set out for myself, only to have God in a prayer meeting uh, give me a bird's eye view of where I was. And when I looked at, the, at his picture, of who I was in the picture. Um, I just realized I've only just started. I've just gotten off the start block. I've just heard what it means to start this thing. And God had still so much to do. So then I knew I was in trouble. I was gonna have to up my game. The way that we give, the way that we move forward, the way that we speak, our language was gonna have to change. I couldn't uh, stand in the place with myself and be doubtful and fearful and speak that poverty and lack over my life. I had to change everything and begin to move forward and say it like I intended my life to live up to it. Whether it's a tithe offering or a miracle offering or a missions offering or some need that God puts in front of you, make a decision. Start somewhere. There is a blessing here when you make a firm decision and that decision breaks through into the realm of faith and blessing. So there's a difference between making a decision and making a firm decision. A firm decision is when you go after what you have decided. If God puts something in your heart, you go after it until it is done and you don't give up. And that is making a firm decision. You know, when we tithe, the Bible teaches us that the devourer is rebuked for our sakes. He opens the windows of heaven and he pours out so much blessing that we cannot contain it. And he drives away the pest from our crops. 
Now, this might not seem big in your house, but in my house, cockroaches don't go down well. <laughs> and uh, you know what it's like at one o'clock in the morning, you get up to go and get something to drink in the kitchen and you switch on the light because your house is clean. But the moment you switch on the light at midnight, there's somebody else comes out there and, and leaves a couple of things around. There's all these little things uh, running around. And you know, the one day I just said, God, your word says that you'll drive the pests out of our crops. There's something eating our food at nighttime while, I, while I'm asleep. And so God, I pray. You know, in our house, when we moved in there, we had so many creepy crawlies in this house. But you know, when we left, no Parktown prawns, no cockroaches, none of these funny uh, spiders. And that, although spiders, I really loved them. My family didn't love them. We used to have those big rain spiders. So if I found them in the house, I'd put them in the jar next to the girl's bed when they woke up in the morning. <laughs> they were little. <laughs> and the first thing they would say, Dad, where did you find it? They were just dreading the thought that it was in their room uh, or not. But you know, um, I, I've... I'm, I'm saying this to you to say we can stand on God's word. And you know, I began to see the cockroaches getting smaller and smaller and smaller until one day we would just find one. Every three or four months would go by and then we would spot another one. And I just came out with the word again because I can't watch it all the time, but God said he would. If I just honored him in one aspect, God looks after my family. He looks after my house in all these other areas as well. You know, um, in my uh, early 30s, I uh, uh, was doing a, like a course at Rhema Church, and there was a testimony that some missionaries shared about some Chinese Christians. And these Chinese Christians, you know, are all persecuted uh, in the, the area where they were, and they faced tremendous um, persecution from the leaders and the government, etc., but there was a story of one of the peasant farmers who had become a Christian, and he had learned about tithing. And uh, so he told his family that he was going to tithe. Now, when they worked this out, they, you know, in the one field um, is barely enough to feed a family of four for a year. So one field, it's to give 10% of that field away. They were actually saying we're giving away next year's harvest. So... The father said, we are going to follow what the word says, and we are going to give 10%. And you know, that end of that year, they gave 10%, but they had enough for seed. They had enough to sell off to other uh, places, so they decided to give 20%. So you must remember that each paddy field that they have, every farmer has one, and that one field is enough to feed a family of four. And so the next year they gave 30%, and then the next year 40 until they lived on 10%. They were so committed uh, to this thing of tithing and what they had found. And they said, if God can do it with 10, he can do it with 20. And they continued to give and give until they only lived on 10% of what remained. But the greater miracle took place here, whereas they were living on 10%. They had enough to sell. They had enough to seed. And there were 45 people living off that same field, which was just unnatural. It was just impossible that this was, everybody else was going on normally, struggling along, but this one family, uh, 45 extended family members all ate and lived off this one field. You know, that uh, picture so left an impression uh, on me. Every time I've 
said, God, you know, this is so much at the moment. I just can't afford this um, right now. And God would just give me a window into that Chinese family's life and the, the blessing that they had found. I said, God, help me to find that blessing. Help me to see it that way uh, again. And it's amazing how when you're in such encouraging yourself, how easy it is to take that step and be a blessing. Give that tithe. Be that blessing that God has called you to. And it's, a fa it's funny how something strengthened inside has this effect of changing your whole world around and about you. We had a couple in church a few years ago, and uh, they uh, owned a, a preschool here in uh, Edenvale. And I remember teaching on tithing, and uh, the husband came to me, and the wife came after and said, you know, we're feeling so bad, we can't really afford to tithe. Um, we just started this preschool, and we are struggling financially. If I have to give 10%, that means we are not going to eat this month. And so somebody gave them the advice of start with 1%. Start somewhere. And you know, that Sunday they came with their 1%. That week, a new child was added. So they decided to up their game and give a little bit more the next Sunday. And the following week, two children were added. So in one month, three new children were added over and above. So already they were uh, meeting certain needs over and above what they had set out with at the beginning of the month. Well, when they got to the 10%, the school was doing well. They were doing well. But just a little miracle that happened on top of this. She battled incredibly with back pain. She was often off work. Uh, because of back pain, she was lying in her bed one day, and uh, she's flicking through the channels, and there she clicks on this uh, tele-evangelist, and he points at the screen, and he says, there's a lady lying in her bed right now, in agony, you've been battling with backache, God is healing you, and right in that moment, she sat up in bed, completely healed, came to us in church, and told us that uh, God had healed her, and you know, I looked at all these little events, and I can't say one led to the other, but I remember where the starting of this miracle began. Put your house in order. Put your finances right. Get your tithe in the right place. Sort these things out. And all these things just follow. Switching the TV on, there's somebody pointing at you through the TV. You're healed in the name of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? When we give into the miracle offering, there is an expectation and in a new realm of faith and blessing that's taking place. You know, the miracle offering is a place where we have to really up our game. And we may start not be able to start at the beginning of it uh, knowing where it's going to end. So at the beginning, we might feel, I can't afford this. But I've just always found that the moment you extend yourself, the moment you take that first step, you're not going to hit the mud you're going to find those everlasting arms uh, underneath, helping you take the next and the next. And I found with the miracle offering, it doesn't always happen instantly where I've got the money that I need to give. So I'm encouraging you this morning because we've got a target here. We're trying to reach that target this morning. There's so much that we want to do uh, with our miracle offering this morning. But let me just share a personal testimony with you about our journey on this miracle offering when uh, Amy was born, we put money away for her education. And this was just a little bit of money that went through uh, the course of life. But uh, when we looked at it at the end of the day and the price of education this day, there was no ways we were going to be able to fund her university education. But the year before, 
something happened in the market, the, our small investment doubled, and suddenly we had a full four-year tuition fee in our account. And, you know, there is something about what Pastor Byron was saying uh, the other day, last Sunday. Uh, start early. Don't wait. Put away. Save. And uh, go and listen to that message. <laughs> and it's so true. And we've experienced. We've paid off cars this way. We've paid off a house uh, this way. We're now paying off two houses uh, this way, believing uh, God uh, in this time that we have left. When you give into a missions offering, you're sowing into fields way beyond your own. I love that. I so love that idea because I've got such faith in my God that I'm willing to put my money into something that's way out there. And I can't control it. I can't influence it. I can only give into it. But as I step out into it and I do something and I watch as other people take my money and go and do something so amazing, in the mission field. I am so blessed because my whole picture of God's kingdom is just so much bigger and so much broader. If you practice every day, put your hand to the plow, make a firm decision, the kingdom of God will operate in every area of your lives. So second point, do we need to take a break? Yeah. <laughs> is this a bit hectic? Secondly, you need to act on what God is leading you to. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. You know, this is the second scripture in my faith journey that just became such an anchor uh, inside of me about how you view church, how you view the things of God. Firstly, we have to make a firm decision about what to give in the areas that God has called us to give into. And secondly, we need to act on the word in faith, in the name of Jesus. In the tithe, the Bible says, bring the whole tithe. So work on the tithe until you can bring the whole tithe. At least that should be a goal in your life. Bring the whole tithe. Secondly, in the miracle offering, Bring the whole amount. Very often when God prompts you to give, there is an amount that immediately comes to mind and then there is the amount that you feel comfortable. I've always known, go with the first one, no matter how hard and painful it is because God has really set you up uh, for something big on the other side of that. In a miracle offering, bring the whole amount that God has prompted you to give. In a missions offering, decide on an amount and go with it and don't look back. You know, a few years ago, God uh, prompted um, Karen and I to, to really up um, our giving. And uh, so we decided that we were going to give um, a thousand rand in every service, whether it was conferences, whether it was uh, the offering every service, over and above our tithe. And we got to the point where this is just easy now uh, to do. At first, we, we, we had to give up a lot. We had to sacrifice a lot, but we wanted some big things to move forward in our lives. And we needed to take some bold steps uh, in our lives. And I can tell you what, I've never ever seen my cupboards empty. I've never not had petrol in my car. We have always, always had more than enough to do all that God has given us to do. 
over and above. And it's amazing when you're in a season where God is so challenging you that he says, do you see that need? I want you to meet it. Do you see that place? I want you to go there and I want you to make the difference. And I'm not saying this to boast. I'm just telling you, you know, I'm somebody that I enjoy strength. I like physical strength. I, I'm at gym. I'm picking up weights when I see other young people around me picking up heavy weights. Um, I just say, yes, I used to do that. <laughs> but um, I've also found that in faith, there are ways that you can grow your strength. That when you practice these things regularly enough, God entrusts more. And you are growing your strength in these areas. And you need to do a couple of push-ups and put your uh, decisions there and, and trust God to help you push through the boundaries. Pastor Byron likes to plank every day. I haven't been able to go past a minute, but uh, he's got a two-minute uh, timer on his watch. So if you want to push your boundaries, come and do some planking uh, with Pastor Byron. He'll help you to get your game up uh, in that area. But going back to this verse, I just love the picture that Jesus uses here in this verse. This man had an incredible, indescribable treasure hidden in plain sight, so he was so overwhelmed and excited. This is my paraphrased version. Uh, he hides it deep in his heart. He gets rid of everything that would keep him from possessing that indescribable treasure. It may take some time to make some adjustments and sacrifice some things, but he's so committed, he won't allow anyone or anything to distract him from his goals. There have been times when we have given and Karen goes off to a ladies' meeting, so I'm comfortable that everything's okay. And uh, she was just saying, Mark, you know, I felt prompted to give this amount. So I'm just take a deep breath and uh, walk away and, uh, you know, and go somewhere. I don't cry on my pillow. Uh, I just go and stand somewhere. And I just say, okay, God, uh, there was something you've been showing me. There's something you're showing her. We're married. Please, God, just may we just grow in this whole moment because there's something about this treasure. You know, something just pricks this treasure inside of it, inside of you, and you just realize there is so much more to God. There's so much more to Him. And if she found something, because we're married, I just love the fact that we can grow together, and sometimes we are doing something in secret, and I think, oh, if Karen finds out about this, she's not gonna be happy. And about six months from the time, I say, Karen, do you know that? Thing there, you know, this is what I decided to sow there, and so it comes out. But um, then it's confession time in the house, and she'll say, Well, I did this, and we did that anyway. But it's just something about this treasure, you know, you can't find enough, do enough to honor God and to show Him your appreciation because of who He is and what He has done. This man's hidden this treasure, and no one can persuade him otherwise. You make a decision to be generous and the kingdom and a kingdom giver. And just watch how many people start to give you advice on how you should give. Don't do so, so much. Don't do that. Are you crazy? How can you live? And they continue with their lives in one direction. But I've been doing this long enough to uh, wage, uh, overcome so many storms, uh, wage so much Warfare, standing strong with my sword of faith, just believing and trusting and walking this journey that God has put, on, put us on. Karen and I have made a decision about giving, but I still need to hear faith. Uh, we know what we're going to give every Sunday. 
But I still need Kulu to stand up here and challenge that faith in me. And I still want the weight of the word to weigh down heavily on one side and still outweigh my giving on the other side and say, Mark, you think you've done something good? You've done nothing yet. Just wait. Look at the weight of my word standing on this side. You've got to measure up, young man. So I'm calling myself young, you see that. Just thought I'd put that out there. Actually, you know what? The Bible does teach us that if you, uh, God puts good things in our mouths so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. So that's Psalm 103. If you read your Bibles just like me, I'm getting younger. So <clears throat> thirdly, thirdly, and lastly, this will help you, help some of you. You have to believe for the harvest. Mark 4 verse 8, still others fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So there is a harvest that comes when you practice giving generously. I tithe in church because I believe in the local church. Firstly, I tithe in this church because God has planted me here. Tithe where you are planted. I have a deep conviction about the vision of God over Thrive Church in two locations. I believe that God has an incredible harvest waiting for us here at Thrive Church and beyond. So I believe for a harvest in the areas that we are sowing for, in missions, for churches to be planted, people to be reached, and mostly uh, people who I'll never meet you know, I pray into that. Uh, we are currently teaching, raising up pastors in Zimbabwe, and most of them, I haven't met some of them I know, but mostly I don't know. But the challenge we now have is starting the next season of training the next batch. We've got 22, 23 pastors that are halfway through uh, their degree program, and uh, when they qualify, they're planning churches. Each one has a, a mission to plant 25 churches in Zimbabwe. You only recognize as a pastor when you've planted 25 churches. So they want to get up there. They're getting qualified. They want to plant 25 churches. So the only way they can be uh, recognized in their district is when they oversee 25 uh, preaching points, 25 churches that they have uh, planted. Isn't that amazing? That's quite a challenge. <laughs> Just have a look at what God did for one man who believed in and followed God. This is found in Genesis 26, verse 12. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord had blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. So I want you just to think about this for a moment. He is the same soil in the area where he's planting. It's the same soil for everyone. And all his neighbors, all four sides of him are planting the exact same crops in their fields. But there is this man who serves God and honors God in the midst of these four fields all planted around and about him. Same soil, same drought, same weather conditions, same everything that they're all experiencing. But he reaps a hundredfold. I mean, how incredible is that? I just love that, that it's put in Genesis so that it can just 
quench any argument that we would build up throughout the scriptures about this faith journey, that right at the beginning of the Bible, the first book in the Bible, there is a story of great increase, great blessing, and great goodness poured out upon a family that serve and honor God together. Isaac found a hundredfold in his fields. God was with him. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So just to reemphasize this morning, make a firm decision. Don't leave this place this morning without making a decision in your Christian walk this morning. How are you gonna serve God? How are you gonna give? How are you gonna use your gifts in helping others? Secondly, you need to act. It's one thing about making a decision, but you need to put something physical in place. I love the fact that we get to give. I've got to do something with the, thing, the tools that I have. I've got to EFT something. I've got to snap scan something. And uh, this morning, I just couldn't make my message weightier. Uh, I had to bring cash. So I brought cash and I've sowed my cash because I just felt it's just something that I uh, play around with in my own heart to just keep me fit and healthy and strong. But I, I acted upon something this morning. You need to act this morning on what you've heard. heard. Immediately do something about it. Don't think about it. Make a decision about it this morning. And then lastly, believe for the harvest. You know, um, this harvest extends over yourself, your family. The Bible says if you're saved, your family is saved. So don't just think about yourself selfishly this morning. Start off, yes, and say, Jesus, come and help me. But then go on to give your life, praying for your family, that your life would be a seed, that something has been planted, something has been acted upon. You've made a decision this morning. Amen. This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.